0: Hello, my name is Paul Ryan and I'm the founder of PharmaBuddy. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP and I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about the role of beta blockers in patients who have chronic heart failure. I'm going to talk about the mechanism of their action and then I'm going to talk about starting treatment with beta blockers. So the mechanism of action of beta blockers in patients with heart failure is number one, they protect the heart from beta 1 adrenoceptor overstimulation. Number two, they have antiarrhythmic effects. And number three, they cause a reduction in the heart rate. It's good to remember that that they should only be started when the clinical status of the patient has improved, i.e. that they have resolution of their signs or symptoms of pulmonary congestion and that their systolic blood pressure is over 100 millimetres of mercury. Bisoprolol or carvedilol are the first choices. And bisoprolol at a dose of 2.5 mg, with the target dose of 10 milligrams is, is, is what you want to titrate up to. Interestingly enough, Nibivalol is licensed for stable mild to moderate heart failure in patients over 70 years of age, but the BNF suggests initiation by those experienced in the management of heart failure, so hence they're not normally started in primary care. The mantra is beta blockers, you start low at a low dose and you go slow, so you do not titrate any quicker than every two weeks, You check the heart rate and the blood pressure after each dose increase, and you aim for a target heart rate of between 60 and 70 beats per minute. For patients in atrial fibrillation, the rate should not be lowered below 75 beats per minute, as the prognostic benefit of beta blocker is limited to those in sinus rhythm, so you don't want to go below 70. What about worsening symptoms or signs such as increased dyspnea, wake-in, fatigue, or edema? If you have increased congestion, you increase after certain beta blocker, you increase the dose of the diuretic, or you consider having the beta blocker dose if this doesn't work. If there's marked fatigue or bradycardia, you have the beta blocker dose and you review in one to two weeks. Now I mentioned bradycardia. So if you've got bradycardia, so less than 50 beats per minute and worsening symptoms, you have the beta blocker dose. And if the patient has severe bradycardia, you stop the beta blocker, although this is rarely necessary. It is also advisable to do an ECG to exclude heart block. If the patient has low blood pressure or or hypotension, If they're asymptomatic, this rarely needs a change in therapy. But if they're symptomatic, you reduce or stop other vasodilators if possible, such as nitrates or calcium channel blockers. And if they're not congested, you consider reducing the diuretic dose. It is really important that uh, patients understand that symptomatic improvement with beta blockers takes a long time, and it's often at least three to six months that short-term side effects are common and they should persevere as, as long-term quality of life and symptom Im- improvement is the norm so it's important to consider evabridine if beta blockers are contraindicated and just remember that beta blockers are not contraindicated in COPD or peripheral arterial disease and asthma is a relative contraindication so Cardio select beta blockers may be initiated under close specialist supervision so that brings me to the end of uh, this podcast i hope you found it beneficial and i'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast